Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today from lawn and garden treatments to leftovers from home improvement projects, with summer winding down, there's not much time left to conveniently get rid of the household hazardous waste you probably have lying around. We have details. Also this morning, to your health, on average, people wait up to seven years before seeking treatment for hearing loss. Now the FDA wants to make it easier and more affordable to get help. And happening around town, building awareness and celebrating diversity, the Black Heritage Library and Multicultural Center is hosting an open house and garage sale fundraiser this weekend. We'll get details. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, August 18th, 2022. You need a reason to celebrate today. It is Bad Poetry Day. I love it. Bad Poetry Day. Serendipity Day. It is Mail Order Catalog Day. When was the last time you got a mail order catalog in the the mail? Just don't see those very often anymore. Mail Order Catalog Day. National Fajita Day. National Ice Cream Pie Day. Helium Discovery Day. Pinot Noir Day. And Never Give Up Day. Again, just... Great positive message. Never give up today. A uh, so I saw this in the uh, in the news. Caught this in the news, and uh, I. It's another example of just politicians being incredibly hypocritical. Apparently, now the word is that uh, the Biden administration wants to open direct trade talks with Taiwan. And uh, this is uh, after the U.S. government miffed China. China is miffed at us because uh, Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan. Um, And that's a no-no as far as China is concerned. And then there was another delegation, uh, congressional delegation that visited China after that visited Taiwan after that. So uh, that further miffed the Chinese. And now they're saying we may open direct uh, trade talks with uh, with Taiwan. So China is now all up in arms. They're really upset. And uh, I understand the idea of not letting China dictate our foreign policy. I get that. Um, but it strikes me that are these the same Democrats that uh, a few years ago when Donald Trump moved the Uh, U.S. Embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem uh, said, oh, that's, uh, you know, that's a really horrible idea and it's unnecessarily provocative uh, in the region and so on and so forth. These are the same uh, Democrats that were uh, calling that unnecessarily provocative and now are poking the bear with China here all of this, all of a sudden. I don't know. Just another uh, example of uh, hypocrites, uh, hypocritical actions and uh, in uh, politics, and it's all, you know, the whole, whole thing in government is just all messed up. This story I saw on the uh, on the news, where it'd be funny if it wasn't uh, all about our tax dollars. Um, money earmarked for working people and small businesses hurt by the COVID-19 pandemic wound up in the hands of scam artists to a degree... It is just almost unbelievable. This is according to the New York Times. The government sent unemployment benefits to people who were incarcerated, dead, or imaginary. (laughs) 
One guy got 10 government loans for his bathroom renovation business. Except that he used the address of a burrito shop <laughs> to secure those PPP, uh, PPP loans. Um, money was sent to people who swore that their front, front yards were actually farms. Farm relief. Do people they claim their front yards as farms. Loans were granted to 342 people who didn't even fill in their names on their applications. You would think that would be basic enough to flag a uh, loan application as fraudulent if the name isn't there. But no, 342 of those people got money. Cash was sent out with very few strings attached and minimal oversight. The scam started with a $3.1 trillion relief plan under President Trump continued into the $1.9 trillion plan signed by President Biden. So this, these are equal opportunity scams. Scams don't, scammers don't care about uh, partisan politics. They'll take anyone for a ride. They don't. So far, and again, this is a recording to a report in the Times, 1,500 people have been charged with fraud, and the investigators have barely gotten started. So anyway, I just... Uh, so much for <laughs> being positive today. Never give up. Okay, what else is uh, going on? This is kind of an inter- interesting story that I saw on the uh, Newswire. It's kind of, uh, it's not quite Jurassic Park, but a company called Colossal Biosciences. It's a startup in Dallas. is going to attempt to resurrect the extinct Tasmanian tiger. The plan is to use the DNA of a close relative, uh, a fat-tailed dunnert, and edit that animal's genes. If the group is successful, they plan on releasing the Tasmanian tiger back to its native Australia. The Tasmanian tiger has been extinct for nearly a century, back to the 1930s, is when the last ones died out. Not sure what the ethical implications are of tinkering with Mother Nature here, but you got to think that it, it, at least it is a little safer than resurrecting the dinosaurs, you know? So there is that. We'll see. That's wild stuff. It really is. Speaking of things you don't see very often in the wild, apparently Ohioans have some of the best chances of seeing Bigfoot. How about that? Uh, BetOhio.com says that there is no why why we consult with BetOhio.com for the chances of seeing Bigfoot. I don't know, but apparently they have odds on this, and they say there's a nearly 6% chance of seeing Bigfoot in the Buckeye State. Uh, so far this year, Bigfoot sightings have been reported in 20 states. Ohio ranks fourth for the most sightings reported so far this year with nearly 320. So... Best odds in the country of seeing Bigfoot right here in Ohio. We're number one. We're number one. We're number <clears throat> We mentioned this uh, story yesterday, kind of a uh, follow-up. Remember, we were talking about how a bowl of Cheerios for breakfast is actually better than an, an omelet. According to this uh, research from Tufts University uh, in Massachusetts, they... Uh, the Friedman School of Nutrition, Science, and Policy at Tufts developed a uh, ranking of foods on a scale of 1 to 100 based on nutritional value. The higher it ranks, the healthier it is. 
uh, a follow-up with some more uh, foods from that ranking. They, they had like 4,000 different foods. And uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, the research put an ice cream cone with nuts and chocolate ice cream at a 37, while a multi-gram or a multi-grain bagel with raisins uh, scoring a 19. So an ice cream cone, much, much healthier for you than a bagel. Uh, no wonder we can't. You know, so no wonder we have so many problems with nutrition in this country and eating well. So we have no idea what eating well is. I mean, if somebody put in front of you an ice cream cone, a chocolate ice cream cone, and a bagel, multi-grain bagel, and said, pick the one that you think is healthier for you, most of us, I think, would pick the bagel. But apparently, it's the opposite. Uh, other surprising findings include the, plaque, uh, the fact that plain Fritos chips... And whole grain frozen French toast uh, are right in the middle, but the the Fritos are actually uh, healthier, scoring a 55 to the French toast at 35. Um, now there were that's not to say that all of the data from these rankings is surprising. Snacks and sweets had the lowest ranking overall, while vegetables, fruits legumes nuts and seeds had the highest uh and by the way the healthiest meat according to the ranking seafood which was given an average of 67 uh followed by poultry and beef at 40 uh, just under 43 and uh right around 25 respectively so there you go i uh, just thought i'd follow up because i had some more numbers uh from that it was just kind of interesting uh, let's see. Uh, elsewhere in the... By the way, speaking of uh, eating healthy, research published in the BMJ Nutrition Prevention and Health Newsletter recommends eating no more than six grams of salt daily. Six grams of salt daily. And in case you're wondering how much that is, one teaspoon. One teaspoon of salt in an entire day. Um... Study co-author Graham McGregor said lower sodium can significantly reduce the risk of stroke and heart attack. Reducing salt is the most cost-effective measure to lower your blood pressure. I say read the labels of everyday food items. Use black pepper as a seasoning instead of salt. Make your own pasta sauces with fresh ingredients and make sure sodium is not hiding in your vitamin supplements uh, even. Uh, That can contain side thinking you know what the next thing they're going to tell us is just don't eat (laughs) just don't eat at all just don't eat at all and that should solve all of our problems (laughs) uh you know what i mean is just don't eat anything at all uh and this is kind of interesting as uh, the kids are preparing to head back to school uh this is something to chew on see what you think about this It is a story out of Wisconsin where the school board at uh, Kettle uh, Kettle Moraine Schools in Wisconsin. I'm not sure exactly where in Wisconsin. Kettle Moraine Schools. The school board there has banned teachers and staff from displaying anything other, any flag other than the American flag. No No gay pride flags. No Black Lives Matter messages. No pro-police back the blue 
flags either. Uh, all of them. Forget the only flag you can display in the classroom is the American flag. That's it. Superintendent of the school district interprets the school's code of conduct as prohibiting all of those messages from being displayed in the schools. Specifically, the code prohibits teachers from promoting partisan politics. I just can't do it. Uh, religious views are prohibited and any sort of propaganda. And uh, the school board says because it is being uh, enforced across the board, uh, they are going to keep the code in place and uh, they agree with the superintendent's interpretation. So what do you think? I, you know, I, to be perfectly honest, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, just wipe it all out. Wipe it all out. Let's let's go back to just we put the American flag in there and uh, forget with all of the uh, other symbolism. There's a time and a place, uh, but maybe not in school. You know, just kind of interesting. Something to think about. Again, coming up on the uh, on back to school time. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. It'll be partly to mostly sunny today with a high around 80. Skies will be mostly clear tonight, a low around 60. The West Ohio Food Bank is teaming with 11 other food banks across Ohio and asking lawmakers for emergency funding to help those who continue to seek assistance with food and other social services. We're all coming together right now to speak to our state legislative leaders to say, look, we're running low here, which means our warehouses are not as full as they should be. Jason Aldrich with the West Ohio Food Bank says food donations are lower than what they were a year ago and they need to purchase additional food to help feed hungry Ohioans. And he wants to use some of Ohio's ARPA funding to purchase food, ensuring Ohioans don't go hungry. Get more on the website. Two people apparently took thrill-seeking a little too far at an Ohio amusement park. Police say a couple admitted to having sex while riding the Ferris wheel at Cedar Point. Four witnesses told officers they saw 32-year-old David Davis and Heather Johnston doing the deed. They were both arrested and charged. I'm Andrew Kinsey. The Ohio Education Association says many school districts across the state are dealing with a critical teacher shortage. The president of Ohio Education Association says over the course of the last three school years, the number of teachers in the state has dropped by 17,000. If somebody's going through college and they're getting a bachelor's or a master's degree, uh, schools have to be able to pay salaries that will entice people into education. School leaders also say the number of retirements and people leaving are outpacing those who are coming out of college and are qualified to teach. Finley City Schools says it has filled any teacher vacancies. However, it could use some more bus drivers. Wilson's has reopened its dining room. The Finley Landmark made the announcement recently to the delight of their many customers. Last year, we spoke with owner Doug Baker about having to close the dining room and go to drive-through only because of a lack of employees. And before that, the restaurant was also affected by the COVID pandemic, like everyone. But now the dining room is back open. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So you think about it now with uh, summer winding down, think about all of the uh, yard work that you did uh, over the spring and summer, uh, home improvement projects where you probably have some stuff still laying around, whether it's paint or uh, 
lawn chemicals, you know, the fertilizers, the pesticides, that kind of thing. Not much time left to conveniently get rid of all of those household hazardous wastes uh, that you might have laying around. And uh, Courtney Comstock is with us from the uh, Hancock Solid Waste Management District. Uh, You've got a couple of opportunities for people to get rid of all of those things yet before the month is out. But they're right around the corner, so... Yes, we have been hosting Monday events all summer, Mm -hmm. started in April, um, and it goes through to the end of August. So there are two more Mondays left in August uh, between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. You can come out to Litter Landing in the back part of the turnaround. We have Raider Environmental, which is a local company that will collect that material from the residents completely free of charge. So your leftover paints, your pesticides, your fertilizers, your herbicides, your gasoline that, you know, you've been left in the chainsaw from last year, you know, those types of things that you want to get out of your garage and get them properly disposed of. Um, You're running out of time to do it. Uh, We hope to host this every year as we have for the past several years, Mm -hmm. uh, but the 2023 dates are not scheduled yet. So you want to take advantage of the 2022 events that are happening. And it's not something where you really want those things to be sitting around uh, in the garage uh, or in the shed all winter long anyway. So it's best to get rid of those now uh, before you have to wait until next year. So That is correct. And again, we've got two more Mondays coming up. Uh, the hours are 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. there at Litter Landing. So you've got Monday, August 22nd. Monday, August 29th, but the minute the calendar switches to September, (laughs) we're done. That's it. Um, Now, you mentioned some examples of household hazards, the types of hazardous waste that, again, just can't be thrown out uh, with the regular garbage and, you know, can be rather complicated to to get rid of properly. Mm Yeah. so how does uh, how does all of this work? Are there you know what do people need to know uh, when taking that stuff to litter landing for proper recycling? Obviously, transported whatever is best for you. If you need to use the trunk of your car, you may want to put a blanket down in case right. it leaks. Pickup trucks. The guys on site will come to your vehicle, empty it out for you. So once you get it to the facility, that you don't need to handle it again. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want your container back, so you've got some old gasoline, you just want the well, gasoline removed. They can give you your container back. If you just don't want to look at it again, they'll take everything. Okay. Um, That's what uh, one of the things I was going to say. Do they need to be in original containers? We prefer it just so that we don't accidentally cross-contaminate and have more excitement on the facility than expected. <laughs> so you know what so you're dealing with. So we know what we're getting. Yeah. But most people have an idea what they're getting, especially like with two-cycle systems. Mm-hmm. You know, you've mixed that already into the container. Just yeah. let the guys know when they're collecting it that okay. that's what you've got, and it shouldn't be a problem. We obviously are not taking any ammunitions that day. It is just the chemical side of things. So okay. your paints, you know, I don't know how many people still have mercury thermometers sitting around their house but those you know if that breaks that can be pretty dangerous well so it might we be a good about, time to get rid of that you know, we talk about uh you know remodeling uh, a home doing a home improvement you have an older home with like a, a an ancient thermostat yep. those had mercury those in have them, mercury so, in them that's correct uh, again uh this is a safe way to get rid of those yep uh, absolutely and you know you've got your antifreezes cleaners you know maybe you scrubbed out the house and they've been sitting in 
the cupboard for the last two years. Since spring cleaning, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So those types of things, you know, this is a good way to get that stuff cleaned out, start collecting again over the winter, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it's a good way to get it out of the cupboard. We mentioned that they don't necessarily have to be in original containers. In most cases, they probably are. But you don't want, you certainly don't want to mix them. Right. You know, so. especially if, you know, we think it's one item and we mix something with another, we could have, again, more excitement than what we want on site yeah. um and no one wants to do that so if you can keep it in the original container that's fantastic if it isn't but you know for sure what it is mm-hmm. just be sure to communicate that with the volunteer staff that's on site and raiders will get it put into the proper containers and drums and it's a really smooth operation and the cars line up but they don't seem to sit for very long Monday's traffic can get pretty interesting because it is stationed down in the turnaround. And, of course, the recycling facility is still collecting mm-hmm. materials on Mondays right. as well. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, now, again, we talk about uh, household hazardous waste, uh, particularly over the uh, next couple of because the last two are, are coming up. But, uh, again, with all of those projects, maybe home improvement projects or whatever that people have uh, uh, undertaken during the uh, course of the, the summer, might have other things that they want to get rid of that they've cleaned out uh, from the house. What are what are some of the other things that, that you can take uh, all the time. I mean, like appliances and those kind of things. Are they, is that something that you can normally go and, and get rid of? Yes, those types of appliances can be taken to Litter Landing. We have a location on the north side of the building that okay. we accept those all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you're replacing the stove, you know, updating a refrigerator, those items can come to us. Um, we take any household recyclable Um, that is used uh, throughout the house. Now, of course, that's not your outdoor lawn furniture, unfortunately, you know, but your plastic bottles, cans, your cardboard boxes, maybe you moved, you know, you have all these boxes and newspapers. Those things can be collected on the regular. And then, of course, Litter Landing tries to operate uh, more than 22 locations throughout the county where you can also take your everyday household recyclables. Yeah, so again, uh, that's very important, too, to make sure that you're taking the right stuff to the right place. When we're talking about, obviously, the household hazardous waste, uh, that would be at Litter Landing. Yes. Uh, for the uh, appliances and that kind of thing, again, at Litter Landing, Correct. Right? Yeah, yes, so. we've had some issues where the wrong items have been left at those outdoor uh, collection bins, those mm-hmm. modular units, and unfortunately, the host sites have asked us to remove them because of the contamination yeah. and the the stuff being left on the ground. So, if you have items that are kind of big and bulky, bring them to Litter Landing. We've got staff that can certainly help you. But as far as the household hazardous waste, please do not put those in those modular buildings. Bring them out to Litter Landing, and we will get them properly contained. But you've only got two more Mondays, two more weeks to uh, to get those taken. Taking care of for those who cannot uh, get out there in the next couple of weeks and will have to store those until hopefully the household hazardous waste days return next year. What's the best way of storing those? You in certainly the want to keep them up and away from children and animals. If you have latex paints, you can purchase a paint hardener from a regular home store. Um, they pour those in, it gets rock hard. Once that paint is rock hard, and again, we're talking latex paints, they are safe to be disposed with your regular trash. So if you've just got some extra paints laying around and you can't make it to the event, there is still an option for you. Unfortunately, some of those other chemicals, 
just keep them up high away from pets and children and uh, look for us to hopefully do this again in April of 2023. So uh, that would be the uh, time to hopefully we'll get you back in here and we'll talk about all of this stuff all over again. But in the meantime, just make sure you're storing them safely and properly and yes. all of that. Again, uh, Courtney Comstock with uh, Litter Landing, the Hancock Solid Waste Management District. Uh, the final couple of household hazardous waste days coming up on uh, the next couple of Mondays. So, again, quick reminder for you. Courtney, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. So, to your health this morning, this is big news. Before the end of the year, Americans will be able to purchase hearing aids without a prescription. On Tuesday, the FDA created a new class of hearing aids that do not require a prescription. Not unlike uh, like reading glasses. You know, you don't have to uh, you don't have to go to the eye doctor to buy reading glasses. You can get them off the uh, off the shelf. And these devices, similarly, will be able to be sold over the counter or online. This new rule will take effect in mid October, and it is intended to help those with mild to moderate hearing loss. Mild to moderate hearing loss. Again, like the reading glasses help some, someone with just mild vision uh, issues. And did you know that people wait an average of six to seven years before seeking treatment for hearing loss in this country? Whether that's because of the stigma that is attached to quote-unquote hearing aids, and the traditional thought, maybe it's the misperception that uh, hearing loss is just a natural part of aging. Whatever the reason, the FDA estimates that 30 million adults could benefit from hearing aids. And this new rule will make access to them more cost effective. Now, one of the things worth noting is that not only will you be able to buy these over the counter, but also you will not even have to have an eye exam and some or, or in uh, <laughs> again like reading glasses we don't have to have an eye exam uh you can buy these uh hearing assistance devices these new class of hearing aids without a hearing exam and some audiologists are a bit concerned about that joining us this morning is kathy mcgowan she is director of audiology at belltone uh, which is uh, one of the best-known makers of, uh, of hearing aids. Kathy, first of all, I- explain why it is important for people not to wait to get their hearing checked on a regular basis, even before those hearing issues begin to manifest themselves. Sure. Um, you know, hearing loss is something that it sneaks up on you. It's, <clears throat> it's not something like where you, you just wake up one morning and you can't hear. It, it is very gradual. Uh, and so... It, it, you, you don't notice it over time, but everybody else notices it. So, you know, you're asking people to repeat your, you're speaking louder, uh, to hear yourself. You're turning the television up. You're starting to, uh, disengage a little bit, kind of isolate a little bit. You don't go to some of those places you used to go have fun at. You maybe stop, stop going to, uh, you know, fun places, stop going to church maybe. Uh, and and it's uh, very isolating, and it, it really does turn into depression and um, withdrawal. And those are all we don't want to see that happen. So you just 
need to come in and get your hearing checked. And as we mentioned, uh, you know, the statistic is that that people wait a number of years uh, before taking action, even once they start to notice the hearing loss, which, as you said, because it happens gradually, uh, the, the problems begin to manifest even before you notice it. So ignoring those signs uh, are can be even more uh, dangerous or devastating. Sure. So, you know, hearing is important for your overall health. Um, it's one thing, you know, we've all noticed in the last two years, we're all becoming much more focused on our health and the importance of taking care of it. And you've heard a lot about this term uh, comorbidity um, and hearing loss is comorbid with a lot of different other health factors. Hmm. So it's comorbid with uh, cardiovascular disease, uh, diabetes, thyroid problems, hmm. um, vision problems, balance problems. Um, and so the, the biggest factors that we're seeing is um, – dementia and cognitive decline Mm. so if you're leaving your hearing loss untreated it can lead to depression and isolation which then can lead to some some dementia and then some cognitive decline and hearing loss is actually the most modifiable risk factor uh in preventing cognitive decline so it's definitely something that you want to take so, so we talk about uh, all of the reasons uh, folks should take this seriously, um, and, and as we were saying, there are probably a couple of reasons why people don't always, uh, one, that misperception that this is just part of a natural, uh, the, the natural aging process. Is hearing loss something that is inevitable with aging? Not necessarily. You know, you can have a predisposition or a genetic predisposition towards hearing loss, but Uh, So typically, it's the things we do, you know, uh, when we're younger that can sometimes uh, cause that as we get older. You know, you're exposed to quite a bit of noise. When you're younger, you can uh, can be prescribed ototoxic medications. You can have injuries. You can have, you know, lots of ear infections, things like that. And they can certainly cause that start. But, you know, it is part of the the natural aging process. And so starting at about age 50, um, we do start to see it become more prevalent about about one in eight people uh, under the age of 50 have a hearing problem, and then it starts to become about one in five. And then over the age of 60, it starts to be about one in three or four. Mm, so, so it's much more prevalent, you know, just yeah. like vision. Uh, yeah. Um, and then the other, uh, maybe the other big reason uh, that, that people uh, do put this off is, as we mentioned, the stigma that sometimes goes along with the idea of uh, treating a hearing Im- impairment, hearing aids and that kind of thing, uh, still something that people don't want to think about. What are the solutions that are available for those with some sort of hearing impairment? You know, it's interesting. They've done a lot of studies to find out why people have that reaction. And the one of the number one factors is they relate it to being old. Uh, but it certainly is not uh all because of aging, and we're finding people younger and younger are getting hearing help. Um, and even uh, you hear a lot of talk about, you know, the uh, OTCs and over-the-counters and things. Um, you know, if your hearing is not quite bad enough that you need a hearing aid, there are some other solutions available. We have a sister company named Jabra that makes a really great product um, that is uh, an earbud that is also uh has mild amplification and can help get rid of some background noise for the people who are just having a little trouble in background noise. But then if your hearing is getting bad enough, um, you know, hearing aids are wonderful now. Um, they're fully digital. They are rechargeable. 
They're tiny. Nobody really even has to see them. They are compatible with your smart uh, phones and your tablets. They can stream so you can watch movies. You can FaceTime your grandkids, answer your phone calls. They're Bluetooth compatible. It's just, it's not your grandma's hearing aid anymore. <laughs> I'm thinking that would be the ultimate in privacy if you're uh, getting uh, phone calls or, or hearing your uh, uh, your movies uh, right there in your, in your hearing aids. Uh, that definitely is... Uh, nobody's going to be uh, listening in uh, while, while you're doing that. Um, and, and as you mentioned, and it's worth pointing out, that obviously uh, we think of this as uh, applying mostly to folks as they get older, and indeed the, the numbers bear that out, but uh, you don't have to be a certain age in order to start experiencing hearing loss and uh, you know the need to take action. Not at all. We're finding younger and younger um, I was in the military, and one of my jobs in the military was to do the hearing screening mm. for the entrance exams. And uh, I, I found oh, over half of the people we screened were wow. beginning to experience some high-frequency hearing loss. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, again, uh, Catherine McGowan is with us. She's director of audiology at Belltone. So... Uh, now that hopefully we've raised some awareness uh, on this and, and gotten people thinking about this, where do we go to get more information? Where do we send funding? Obviously, whenever we talk about medical uh, issues, your doctor is going to be uh, the best source of information. But in terms, in general terms, where do we uh, guide folks for more information? Belltone.com. Kathy, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Again, as we mentioned, those uh, that new class of uh, hearing aids that don't require a prescription will be available beginning later this fall, mid-October. That new rule from the FDA takes effect. Again, goodmornings.net to learn more to your health this morning. 20 years of making mornings good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update of the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. So I got to start with this. Uh, you've probably heard the story about the couple at Cedar Point who were arrested for getting jiggy with it on the park's giant Ferris wheel. Right. So you've heard this story. Uh, what you may not have heard was the excuse that they tried to give uh, when they were confronted after uh, other park goers saw them <clears throat> doing the deed. Uh, and by the way, this couple 32 years old. They were each 32 years old, so old enough to know better. But uh, the uh, the woman, uh, of the uh, when they were confronted by police, they got off the uh, Ferris wheel. Uh, they were confronted uh, by police, and initially uh, they told police they weren't doing anything of the sort. There was no hanky-panky going on. The woman said that she dropped something and that her boyfriend was helping her as she bent over to pick it up. <laughs> that was their that was their excuse. Uh, no hanky-panky going on at all. It just looked suspicious. Yeah, if a couple eventually came clean, they've been charged with public indecency. Is a first degree misdemeanor, and I believe banned for the from the park for like life. So, look, <laughs> I just dropped something, and and uh, my boyfriend was helping me as I bent over. Okay. <clears throat> Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, you know, uh, it's back to school time, and uh, <laughs> in Texas, 
uh, you know, first day of school is the first day of school, and there are no excuses for being late. Uh, Mike uh, Treen was uh, getting his daughter ready for school when uh, she went to the door and discovered an alligator was blocking the front door. <laughs> first day of school, she goes to the door, there's an alligator blocking the door. At first, Mike said he didn't believe his daughter. <laughs> he just thought, I'm thinking she's joking. She doesn't want to go to school or whatever. Not ready for summer vacation to go to, to be over. And he says to her, just stop. We're going to school today. Just stop it. But uh, then his daughter insisted, no, there's really an alligator at the front door. Uh, Mike said he then channeled his uh, inner uh, crocodile hunter covered the alligator's eyes with a towel and then was able to get around the animal to get his daughter to the car uh, and get her to school on time. (laughs) He confronted the alligator. We're not messing around here, gator. It's back to school day. (laughs) So, kids, whatever excuse you're going to try and come up with, for the first day of school, being late to class, forget about it. I mean, if this guy <laughs> doesn't let an alligator keep him from school, then you have no hope. i got to get up and get going. Uh, just something to keep in mind. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news uh, from the international file, uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, police in Yokichi City, Japan, have arrested two men who allegedly did not really think through their entire plan, their entire burglary plan. Allegedly, they broke into a post office uh, there in Yokichi City and attempted to make off with the cash machine and an ATM machine there in the post office. Uh, And it contained about 10.6 million yen, which is the equivalent of about $78,000 U.S., The machine, though, weighed about 500 pounds, and that was the part that they didn't really uh, count on. Uh, Police report that the two men gave up in trying to carry the machine away because it weighed too much and no money was actually stolen. So they weren't charged with burglary. They were actually uh, charged with unlawful entry. Breaking at the post office. Got to plan this whole thing through. Maybe do a little weightlifting. Maybe they could have uh, used some help from this guy, 20-year-old man in New York City. uh, A 20-year-old from New York City was arrested in Ridgefield, New Jersey last week. He is facing charges for carrying 400 pounds of weed (laughs) on him. 400 pounds of weed. Investigators say the uh, man was transporting pot in bulk. With the intent to distribute. (laughs) Yeah, if you've got 400 pounds of weed, it's kind of hard to claim personal consumption. You know what I mean? Unless you're Snoop Dogg. That's (laughs) that's a little much to claim personal consumption. (laughs) And if you're carrying 400 pounds of anything, you're going to attract attention. You know what I mean? Uh, Apparently, this guy, whose name is not given, uh, appeared in court and has since uh, been released pending trial. But... Uh, he could have, yeah, he could have helped out those guys in Japan quite a bit. There it is. Um, this, this from, uh, Horton Township, Pennsylvania. Uh, 
a story that reminds us you should never multitask while driving. A 60-year-old Russell Mowry was pulled over, driving under the influence, and naked. Happened <laughs> about 11 p.m. Um, what was this, a couple of days ago? Uh, Monday, I believe. 11 p.m. Uh, he was pulled over for committing multiple traffic violations in his pickup truck. Police did not like what they saw when uh, Mr. Mowry rolled down his windows. The man was stark naked. Um, was he coming back from Cedar Point? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it is unknown if the man uh, was... I don't know, exposing himself to others deliberately or just that was a side effect of being intoxicated. But nonetheless, he was transported uh, to the uh, local police station, consented to a blood alcohol test. Results still pending. They give give him something to cover up with first. Um, (laughs) Police see everything. And in this case, quite literally, they see everything. I've seen everything. Um, there's the uh, story of the homeowner in Silicon Valley who wants the city of San Jose to do something after cars keep crashing into his house. This happened nearly two dozen times over the past five decades that Ray Minter has lived uh, in his home, moved in in 1960. And he has says since 1972, when the freeway was built, 23 people have crashed into his property. Uh, he said the off-ramp from the freeway built in 72 leads right to his street and people and uh, he says drivers misjudge their speed coming off the highway including one person who was going going over 100 miles an hour totaled his pickup truck when he slammed into a protective barrier of large rocks that Mr. Minter has put up to protect his home. <laughs> and he wants the uh, city to do something about it. You want to do tear down the entire freeway i don't know but do something and finally in the broken news this morning now this this is pretty uh this is pretty impressive a two-year-old girl apparently got the ultimate revenge on a snake that bit her on the lip uh this is in turkey uh where the child <laughs> apparently the uh, the girl was handling the snake and the snake bit her on the lip. So the child bit back. <laughs> As a matter of fact, she bit the snake to death. <laughs> uh, the uh, This is a report in Newsweek. says that neighbors heard the child screaming and ran to the scene. When they arrived, they reportedly found the child with a bite wound on her lip and a 20-inch snake dangling from her teeth. You bite me, I bite back. Now that is, that's a pretty, you don't want to mess with that little girl right there. Don't mess with that little girl. Snake found out the hard way. Crazy story. There you go. Some of the uh, odd and unusual news. Today's broken news report brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced it's halting all social media advertising. The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. 
They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small. As an advertiser, you have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth using the media consumer's trust. Radio, it's on. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. So uh, a new study suggests that many people have two sets of opinions. Uh, If you've ever asked someone how they feel about a subject, uh, there is what people say they believe and what they really think. It is called self-silencing. Uh, this study by the uh, nonprofit think tank Populous calls it self-silencing. They say people tend to say what they think others will find acceptable and then keep their real beliefs to themselves. For, in, uh, for example, uh, 63% of women in their study, 63% of women said that they felt wearing a mask protected against COVID-19. But only that's what they said, but only 44 percent actually believe that actually thought that way. Uh, so that's a pretty big drop off, 63 percent compared to 44 uh, percent. Here's another example. Forty three percent of people said that they thought schools paid too much attention to the subject of racism, but only 33 percent really felt that way. So not as big of a drop-off, but a drop-off nonetheless. And say it is examples of self-silencing where people say what they think others will find acceptable, keeping their real beliefs to themselves. Have you ever found yourself doing that is the question. Um, So initially when I saw this, I, I wondered, so how do they get people to open up about what they say they think versus how they really think? Well... Here's how they did it. I thought this was rather clever. The study was based on polling where subjects, the same subjects were were, uh, participated in two different polls. Well, I don't know if it was the same subjects that participated in two different, people participated in two different polling methods. One where uh, people's identities were identified and others and another one that ensured anonymity. So in that second one, people could be assured that their uh, responses would be fully anonymous and they'd never be able to uh, figure out who said what. And uh, so they were more open and honest about how they really believe. Kind of interesting. Self-silencing. It is a, uh, and I would imagine, I I don't know, I, I, my guess is that this has always happened, that there has uh, always been some level of self-silencing going on. But these days in our society, I have to wonder if self-silencing is much more prevalent given how uh, partisan and how uh, confrontational uh, our politics have become and the way we confront others about opinions that we don't agree with. Um, It is uh, certainly much more combative environment now with respect to that sort of thing that i would think self-silencing is uh, much more prevalent but some interesting statistics there uh, again from the uh, nonprofit think tank populace well 
Well, like so many organizations during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, the Black Heritage Library and Multicultural Center spent some time sort of uh, thinking outside the box, cleaning house a bit, looking to update and improve the way they uh, deliver on their mission to build uh, community awareness and appreciation and understanding of the value of cultural diversity and uh, Hancock County and uh, they have a uh, big open house and uh, garage sale fundraiser coming up over the next couple of days, tomorrow and uh, Saturday. And uh, Kathy Wygant, uh, one of the uh, volunteers, the uh, Black Heritage Library and Multicultural Center, along with uh, Jerome Gray, interim executive director, with us uh, here this morning. And uh, obviously, you know, the, the pandemic, like it did for everybody, kind of shut you down at first. Uh, I know you did some uh, virtual programming, and we worked quite a bit on Zoom, Chris. Yeah, and um, well, the pandemic did that to all of us, right? And we were an in-person organization. Yeah, people came to our building to see us, and when that happened, that virtually shut down all of our programming, mm-hmm. and we did rethink and retool a little bit well that's what i was gonna say because uh again like so many organizations you found that uh, it also provided on some level an opportunity yes to you know rethink think outside the box because it made you realize that you didn't have that type of presence that you could present it in the beginning Mm -hmm. and then there was funding out there to do programs like that where we're working to put our exhibits online mm-hmm. in an archive catalog right. so that schools are able to to enter that and be able to get age appropriate educational materials mm-hmm. that we have for their social studies courses yeah. that you've actually always had but maybe weren't able to get out there as yes. efficiently so uh, it did before. offer, an, op- offer yeah. an opportunity to do that and and then at the same time again like many organizations while the physical building was uh not open to the public gives you an opportunity to maybe kind of look around and say oh we can update this we can do you know some new thing was that i'm assuming yes. some of that happened as yes well. and that was where kathy came in as an organizer organizer it was her idea for this garage sale and i want to thank her for personally doing a lot of work to get it going but she came in, saw some things that we needed to do, and she made suggestions, and she went hands-on and did a lot of them, too. So, so Kathy, when, when you had that opportunity to sort of look around at a time when, you know, obviously it's, it's not open to the public, so it's a really good time to, you know, maybe do some of that uh, house cleaning, updating, that kind of thing, was that sort of the impetus for that? Well, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the impetus actually uh, was being a part of the Zoom meetings and becoming more involved with the Heritage Library, with the Black Heritage Library. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started back with Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday mm-hmm. and just starting to hear the mission statement and what it meant to me personally. Uh, I've always loved the Black Heritage Library and Multicultural Center. Our children were very involved in it when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when we did get to personally see this place, it's still spectacular. There's so much artwork and cultural artifacts mm-hmm. and the library and the London music, everything that is there is wonderful. Um, but then we caught word that the university students had their freshman orientation service day coming. And so we started clicking things together, what we could do. And they have been there before. Yeah. And, and so then I contacted Mayor Murren and, and asked if we could get some 
mulch delivered to the, the center, and things just started all clicking together. Yeah. We had those students come last Saturday, and we had, <laughs> we had 10 kids in the morning and 14 in the afternoon. And I'll tell you, there was such busy work and such teamwork. It was so fun to be a part of that. And, and outside work we started doing and inside work, I, I start looking around. I'm like, oh, we can fix this up. Oh, we can improve this. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a, a wonderful uh, barn out back that was built, and, it, and it's a classroom space, and we would like to get that utilized again as a classroom space. And, and we saw bins out there that needed to come in and see what was inside those bins and sure. start cleaning out those bins. and. A lot of opportunity uh, there. You know, uh, Kathy brings up such a, a good point that this has always been such a tremendous resource uh, for the community and one that we are fortunate in that not many communities have a, a resource like this, certainly not communities this size. We have Nina Parker and her mother, Stella Sherrard, to thank for that. Yeah. And I always give them credit for that. They did a wonderful job of getting this organization started. It was an incredible vision. Yes. And it was behind the vision of, do I move or do I stay here and change things to help my children? Mm -hmm. Because that's ultimately what we all work for. We work for our children. And you go back to when she started this in 82, there wasn't necessarily a sense of inclusion and belonging. Mm -hmm. And that's what she went out to effort to teach for the children of color. Mm -hmm. But we have to remember that when we work to be excluding, that hurts everybody. In order to be inclusive, which the library promotes, you have to be intentional with your efforts. And they were quite intentional with what they started. And we just work to continue that, to work to help Finley become more open and belonging and accepting. Yeah, and and of course over the years, although uh, obviously the uh, central focus is African American uh, history and, and and culture, that has expanded to include uh, all types of cultures. It's, it's done, multicultural, yeah, as the name said. Multicultural. It started out as the Black Heritage Library with the focus of what we were initially talking about: mm-hmm. teaching Black children to be proud of their contributions yeah. and who they were. But it expanded and morphed to a multicultural center because that is what we're all about. We're all part of the main, but I'm going to say once again, you have to be intentional in your efforts to be inclusive Mm -hmm. because if you don't, by definition, it's naturally what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so big open house uh, tomorrow and uh, Saturday. Uh, the So folks can come out and, and see what has been done, see the uh, improvements and the refresh and all and of that. It's tomorrow and Saturday from 9 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. It is an indoor garage sale, so rain or shine, we will be there. So uh, garage sale part of this, what will folks uh, find? There is something for everyone there. Of course, we'll have some books and audiovisual. There's household items. There, there's holiday items. There's children's items, stuffed animals. Um, there is a wonderful collection of African artifacts that a benefactor had specifically asked that we would put in the sale. She came by, and, and she didn't want to be named, but we'll have her biography, biography there available for anyone who wants to come and see these wonderful paintings and carvings and, and musical instruments, just wonderful, cool things. Uh, just something for everyone. There's, there's a bunch of art posters. There's some framed artwork. You'll, you'll find something. Uh, awesome. the, the unusual things that we came across were some Elvis Presley items. 
And so we made up a couple baskets for a raffle, and I there think that's going to be really fun. There you go. Yep. Some uh, really cool stuff. And again, uh, this is all happening tomorrow and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, drop by, see if you've never been there, see what come, you're missing. Come by and see the library. Yeah. This is a chance to see the library and in the sunshine, so to speak. It is going to be beautiful uh, weather, although it is indoors, so it doesn't really matter. But it is going to be beautiful weather. Great day to uh, to get out and, uh, who knows, maybe find some uh, some treasures. We've got a, a link up on our webpage for more information uh, about the uh, library and about the uh, open house and garage sale uh, again tomorrow and Saturday, and uh, Kathy Wygant and uh, Jerome Gray, the Black Heritage Library Multicultural Center. Thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate Thank you, Chris. It. Thank you, Chris. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, that, of course, being Good Mornings. Net. Coming up tomorrow, are you ready for some football? We'll get a complete preview of the first week of the high school football season around the area. Also, more recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.